On this week's episode, we get wicked smart with Goodwill Hunting. Does anybody want any of the nasty little hoochie woochie? Are we even allowed to like apples anymore? And, well, whose fault is it, Sean? Find out now, you're listening to 24 Flames Per Second. Everybody and welcome to the Thanksgiving episode of 24 Flames Per Second. I'm your host, Robert Spiewak, as always, and welcome to the podcast that roasts the films we love most. And you know what they say about Thanksgiving. Uh, it's a time to be thankful and uh, celebrate goodwill towards your fellow uh, person. And so this week we're talking about goodwill <laughs> Hunting. Welcome to the show, everybody. <laughs> Taking a trip back to 1997. <laughs> I hope that wasn't scripted. I'm never going to recover from what I just did. So we're hosting the podcast now. <laughs> it was one of my most public embarrassments <laughs> I've ever done. Um, but everybody, welcome to the show. It's, a, it's a, We're really excited to talk this week as we keep chugging through November. And uh, before we get into the show, I did just want to plug um, <clears throat> another Party Fish show that launched this month that we're really excited about. Um, for those that don't know, Nifty is the National Film Festival for Talented Youth. It's the world's largest for filmmakers aged 24 and younger here in Seattle. Um, and it happened, um, it's 12th year, Nifty 2018 happened at the end of October this year. Um, myself, uh, Kevin Connor, who's here, um, we are both part of the programming team for the film festival and us and the rest of the programming team uh, conducted uh, Got almost 40 interviews that weekend with the filmmakers in attendance talking about their film, their inspirations, uh, their process of approaching things. Um, and it's a lot of really incredible um, just insight into young filmmakers uh, that are, you know, just starting out their careers, already have a film festival acceptance under their belt. And we um, had a great time doing it. It was, it was really fun. And um, the Nifty Podcast is launched this month. Um, you can just search NFFTY in your podcatcher, and it'll be the only thing that comes up, probably. And um, go and check it out. Um, their films are public as we're releasing their episodes, so um, you can watch it and then listen to them talk more about it. Um, all, all the filmmaking is really poignant and great and um, and important, and they have such good insight into you know the human condition and um, so much that goes along with you know what it takes to commit. Uh, you know, really great story storytelling to um, a film, and so um, go and check out the Nifty podcast. It's it's fresh. It's, I think this is only one or two episodes are out now, um, but um, yeah, go check it out. It's from it's pleasure for Party Fish Media to be involved, and uh, it's great. Go check it out. The episodes are only like they're under a half hour long, so they're really um, great for your commute or whenever the hell else you listen to podcasts. So. Um, uh, yeah, a tight, a tight uh, workout on the treadmill. I don't know. I don't know what you do. So, yeah, go check it out. Uh, we're really excited. And it's our, uh, I think, at the time we're recording this, it's the fourth Party Fish Media show that's out. So we're really excited about it. And, yeah, so with all that being said, let's get into the show. Let's get into Goodwill Hunting now that we're here. Across the table from me, the Morgan to my Chucky, Kevin Connor. 
Hey, Robert, how's it going? Good. You're like my little brother. Yeah. Is I Casey am. Affleck younger than Ben Affleck? Yes. Okay, good. Yes. Good. He's smaller than him. Yes, I believe mm. so. Um, this year, I'm thankful that you found the punchline to that joke in the intro. You know, it was touch and go there for a second. But <laughs> what are you talking about? The good little thing? Thanksgiving. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> I don't even know. I have to double check the calendar. That's it really happened like two minutes ago. Yeah. Play back yeah. the tape. <clears throat> I'm living in the present, okay? That's good. That's good. Um, but um, but yeah, Kevin, did you watch the movie this week? I didn't. Um, I was busy solving math equations on a chalkboard, <laughs> but I have seen it many times, so I'm able to keep. So um, you lived it. Yeah. Are you a janitor too? No, it was very easy math equations. It was on like a kindergarten classroom chalkboard. <laughs> hey, it's yeah. okay, man. Kindergartners can be smart too, just like janitors. It's true. It's true. We'll get into it. We'll get Give into it. Give people sure. credit where it's due, Kevin. <laughs> Um, but, but yeah, great. Good. Uh, you see, you said you've seen the movie a few times. Yeah. yeah. Um, but great. Let's, uh, let's get into the rest of the panel this week. Uh, we have an, we have a head to head. It's been a while since we've done one of these. Um, Casey, wherever you are, hope your voice is feeling better. Um, <clears throat> I hope my voice is going <laughs> to my voice is going to make it too. Um, but yeah, on the roasting side, this, uh, this, I almost said this year, this week is, uh, Seattle reader eater. And social media, find her on social media, Maylarm, Maureen Armstrong. Hey. Hi, how's it going? So good. Good, it's good to have you here. I, uh, I just realized that I think I was on the Thanksgiving episode last year, too. You were? Okja. Okja, yeah. Yeah. As, cool. as an eater should be. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's uh, great to have you here. And across uh, for the table from her on the defense this week, he is um, actor and director and glasses wearer. Find him on uh, Instagram at Chris underscore Khaleesi. Chris Khaleesi. What up? How's it going? I'm wearing my glasses today. Yeah. Uh, like I do every day. Yeah. I'm feeling good. <laughs> I am feeling primed and ready. My heart beats a little high, which is good. Got the adrenaline going. And yeah. my tight 25-minute workout on the uh, treadmill is like almost two miles. So that feels oh, pretty hell good yeah. on, in 25 minutes. Yeah. So go listen to the Nifty Podcast next time, <laughs> and maybe it'll speed maybe you up. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> or maybe you'll just get so lost in, in, in introspection, <laughs> creative thought that it'll slow you right, right off the yeah. channel. Be lucky if you make one mile. <laughs> just like, oh my god. Um, but uh, but yeah, uh, glad to have you here. Um, let's um, let's get into it. You know the drill. After being on this, is your second episode on the My show, um, your first time defending. Let's do movie in a minute. Give us the full plot synopsis of Goodwill Hunting, spoilers and all. And um, I'll start a uh, clock on the count of three. Are you ready? Uh, no, let's do it. Great. <laughs> and in three, two, one, go. Will Hunting is a 20-year-old working class South Boston kid, and he's an unrecognized genius. One night while he's working as a janitor at MIT, he solves this hallway chalkboard problem, and math professor Gerald Lambeau tries to figure out who he is. Uh, but Will gets arrested for fighting. Lambo finds him. He gets him out on the condition that Will will work with him and then go to therapy. So Will meets Sean, who's a counselor, and he's got the same life experience like South Boston. And after a rough start, they, you know, Will starts to open up to him. And he, he also starts dating Skylar, who we sense might be a perfect match, right? Uh, but Will gets scared. He lies about his life. Skylar asks to uh, Will to move with her to California. 
and he freaks out, they melt down, break up, she moves away, he runs back to the life he knew before, right? So then Chucky gives this very moving speech and uh, Will confronts all, like the bulk of his demons in this scene with Sean, and then he wakes the fuck up and he moves to California. And you're out of time. Boom. Oh my god, wow. you did it. You got there! there. You made it, yeah. Right, right ah. on average. Right on average. <laughs> Good job. Wow. Great. You got the horns on your first time. That's the sound effect. Oh, no, you no, will no. actually play that. There's a little, yeah. I mean, not me personally, but it's a sound effect we have. Oh, I thought you would. Robert plays the horn. All yeah, the sound effects. Robert, Robert plays sound a little effects. trumpet. I used to play the horns. He does the um, matching talk as well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just But but yeah, great job. So so Chris, let's just keep let's just keep going and open. Let's start with your opening statements. Why do you like Goodwill Hunting? I think uh, I'm going to speak a little slower now because I don't feel like I have to cram (laughs) everything in. Um, I think Good Will Hunting is a movie that has lasted. And the reason that that is is, um, A, because the writing is, the characters are so fucking smart uh, all the time. um, That I like continue to get caught off guard by how quickly they match each other. I know it's a script. But uh, the fact that they're, so, they're all playing at the top of their intelligence. And, um, and it's so based on, on the characters and the growth that they have. And, and I would argue almost every character has a very clear arc. Um, I think that my colleague in the roasting circle might bring up uh, how it might be male-centric. I mean, you know. Uh, we went over this. Well, actually, no. I, I, I thought about this as like one of the potential weaknesses of the film that like... It's, it's mostly about white dudes in the 90s Boston. Um, but I think it's interesting that the, the movie doesn't say, here's what a man is. And it doesn't say, here's what strength. It's like, it's trying to introduce like complexity to what like 90s guys were thinking at the time. And, and saying like, what's more important to you? Like your career, which is what I think Lambo is like positing throughout the film. Or your relationships, which is what Sean is positing. Um, and we know which one wins in the end. And I think like that taught me something as a young man about how to be a young man um, towards the people around me. And not just like women, but also my friends, my male friends. Hmm. And those folks who aren't on the spectrum. Okay, yeah. Um, great. So uh, Maureen, I think um, Chris, Chris led off with the writing. So maybe let's just start there because that's what... That was, I think that was like your first note you gave yeah. us too. So, um, yeah. Yeah, it's a. Did it win awards for? It won screenplay? best best screenplay. Okay. Um, I I get it. I guess. Um, <laughs> I I did think that it was. There were overindulgent moments, um, and it felt often. Um, as someone who has been in a creative writing major, as I know you have as well, Chris, it felt like you were in the workshopping section. And there was that one guy who thought he was just the best fucking writer in the world. And he's like, I'm going to write this incredible dialogue and it's going to blow you the fuck away. But it's not how people speak to each other. Um, The example that I have is when uh, Will is first talking to Skylar and she's like, hey, maybe we could get a cup of coffee sometime. And he's like, yeah, or we could sit around and eat a bunch of caramels because isn't that just as arbitrary as drinking coffee? And I'm like, shut the fuck up. You're an asshole. You don't need to like come out like this. Uh, I, yeah. So um, I also thought 
it did hold up in some ways, but there were also some deeply problematic lines, um, mostly from Sean's character, from Robin Williams' character. Um, like jokes, like posited as jokes. Um, there was the one when you first meet him and he's like in his uh, in his class at the community college or wherever he teaches and he's mm-hmm. t- teaching psychology and he's like, you have to really like get like develop trust between you and your patient because that when they're vulnerable, that's when you can have sex with them. Mm. Ugh. <laughs> You that's, know, it's, it's interesting. That's a horrendous thing to say. I, I agree. I think that's totally horrendous. Um, if he meant it, which I don't think he did. I think Yeah, but to, for an adult man to say that to a classroom true, of students. True. I guess I've saw... So I don't want to excuse that, the language of that. But I do think that maybe it was a situation... Uh, you know, you're a teacher in a community college class. The point of the establishing shots is the students don't give a fuck. They're not, they're barely, like, that one kid who's like, trust is everything, or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. I think he was trying to find, and, and this is a little bit in defense of the character of Sean, but I think he was trying to find something that he could just fucking throw out that students would react to at all. Uh, and that was probably the wrong choice. But I, I also don't believe he really thinks that. I don't know no, I don't believe that he's yeah. like trying to hook up with his. I mean, obviously, <laughs> nothing about his character says that he's actually trying yeah. to do that. But the fact, like, these are what, like, maybe twenty-year-olds, nineteen-year-olds in his class, for them to hear that from they might a teacher, yeah, yeah, they, yeah. Um, I don't know if we want to bring up Harvey Weinstein at all, but he didn't produce. Yeah, he did not produce the show. Uh, yeah, I just movie, it's, yeah. that that line. I was like Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> Yeah, I will. Yeah. Uh, I'll just say right now, like I'm not going to defend Harvey Weinstein. That's good. even a little good call. bit. I mean, um, I don't think that like it does. It's uh, it's irrelevant. Other yeah, than he got money from this movie. Well, it's sort of interesting though. He was part of the producing of the of the movie initially, and like mm-hmm. he was the one who caught the like sex scene they were mm-hmm. in. I know we were talking about that earlier, but yeah, um, uh, yeah I, I guess I won't try to defend that at all. Um, because fuck him so much <laughs> or don't uh, and don't. I think uh, please don't and I and I hope I can only hope that he had little to no influence yeah. on the story yeah, yeah. Um, that's kind of the gist of my of the writing but I did think mm-hmm. that it was like just in general heavy handed with yeah. its you know with its thesis of class struggles and mm-hmm. white men living their lives yeah it was there were moments where I was like, eh, is this real life? Is this how people live their lives? Uh, at the risk of insulting myself, I think sometimes I respond better to heavy-handed. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I don't want to say that I represent all like white men. Uh, I think I have strands of that. But um, I think back to the time that it was written uh, mm-hmm. by the people it was written, uh, who wrote it, and who they wrote it for. And I wonder if that heavy handedness and I totally imagine the exact person you're talking about with like, I'm going to write the best fucking language. Uh, that was like a Trump impression. I didn't even mean to. Uh, but like, I imagine exactly who you're talking about. And I wonder, uh, I wonder if that is the best way to reach the audience they wanted to, um, which does exclude people. And I have to acknowledge that. But I feel I felt like as a kid, and and I felt like a lot of people who uh, around me felt the same way was that it was like, 
that was maybe their first experience with this subject matter. So if I watched it now, I would probably be like, oh, this is yeah. not great. But ha- like seeing it then and being in the 90s and that felt like the just just the right amount. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Um, and so I know that um, another thing uh, that we were going to touch on was just kind of the portrayal, uh, portrayal of just therapy in the movie. Do you want to mm-hmm. go into that? Oh, I then? sure do. Oh. Uh, I don't know how many of our listeners have experienced therapy. That's not how it works. <laughs> it's not Robin Williams. Yeah, you don't experience repeating you don't, one line over and yeah, over. You don't or just sitting uh, in silence. Yeah, you don't experience twenty years of uh, intense trauma, and then go to I don't a couple weeks or months of hour long sessions, uh, and in one breakthrough you're fixed forever. Yeah, it's that's so. Uh, it's just so wrong, and it's so. Um, demeaning to the process of therapy and the process of um, growth. And I think that it's just really insulting to um, people who have actually gone through trauma, like Will Hunting's character has gone through, to to say like, oh, you just have to find the right therapist and go to him for three weeks and then you're fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's such an oversimplification. Yeah. Here's my response to that. Um, I think the to to expect this movie to portray it in a real way is not to have a good expectation of the movie. Um, I think that what it, what I see, and and this is also coming from a knowledge of being on the inside of therapy, but uh, I I think what the writers were trying to do, uh, and what I ended up receiving was that this wasn't normal therapy. This was not how it normally operates. Um, and in fact, it's, I mean, it's really forced, uh, obviously because he like f- burns through these four or five famous therapists and then lands with the guy who has the same, mm-hmm. who, who grew up on the same block. Right. And it's not formal. It's not, uh, I, I think it's like a, they are more friends than professional colleagues. Mm-hmm. And I felt that right away. I felt like, um, you know, Will comes at Sean and, and, just attacks him and he get he it works um but sean is the first one of the therapists to say uh bring him back and and i think there's that moment where he decides this isn't as much my patient anymore as um a guy who grew up across the street from me and he start he stops trying to be the therapist and he starts trying to be a friend and i think the way that that the reason it works is that I guess he sort of engages in this like very not professional way Um, in many ways in terms of language in terms of like physical contact and 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 I guess the other way I feel is uh, is that I don't feel like Will is fixed at the end Mm -hmm. I don't feel like and I and I don't I guess I don't know if the movie's trying to portray it that way but it feels like Will finishes his time and then makes a decision for himself to leave and and it's just the start of trying to figure it all out. That's how I felt at the end. Yeah. I just think the like it's not your fault scene is the way that story is told is it's presented to us as 
look, a solution. He's finally hearing these words, and now he can do the thing that he's supposed to do. Uh, and it just felt too tidy, I guess. Mm-hmm. And it also felt with the scene where they're like the montage where they're going through different therapists. Those were all bad therapists. Like yeah. he, they did not oh, yeah. like. <laughs> he didn't. He wasn't that hard on them. And they were like, "Get him out of here!" I'm. It just wasn't like it didn't feel. Um, I guess it didn't feel earned, or it didn't feel true to what that story would look like. And I get that it's a movie. It's not. It's not real life. Yeah, but yeah. Um, it just took me out of it. Yeah. Um, well, it's sort of funny, too. I think it was almost like a comment on popular psychology yeah. uh, because it was all like different forms of pop psychology. Mm-hmm. It was all like the person, the guy who wrote the book and he's off to an interview, yeah. the guy who's like doing the weird uh, in a dream psychosis <laughs> thing. Like, I think it was a comment on that. And it's like how fucking absurd it all felt to me and how like. I had I have tried like when I was in middle school I I went to several therapists and landed on one and the first couple I went to was just like not a right fit mm-hmm. and but this this felt like less of like not a right fit and more of like these these guys are really <laughs> stupid um yeah yeah I don't remember where my thoughts going I kind of I get what you're saying I kind yeah. of uh was rooting against Will in those scenes. Yeah. Because he's being a fucking prick. He's being an asshole. He's like, he's being awful and I don't really, I mean, it just, I feel like the the point of the movie is that we should be rooting for him and I, mm. I wasn't in that moment. Like he's, he's um, being really homophobic to the first one yeah. and yeah. just an asshole to the second one and I'm like, what? It's just not, it's not fun to watch. Yeah. And it doesn't make me buy into his story at all. Yeah, I think it's important that we root for Will. Um, and, and honestly, I can't really excuse those things. I do, my, usually my argument to, uh, of that kind of thing is like, they've really written a problematic character. Mm-hmm. Um, but because he, he's coming from this like huge background and he's like, these are all his defense mechanisms. I mean, they use the word retarded in a way I yeah. really hate uh, throughout the movie. But I also just have to sort of accept that that was like 90s South Boston. Mm-hmm. And like working class guys in South Boston probably still say that. Mm-hmm. So like I really, that to me felt like that's an example. And like the way he is totally homophobic. Uh, I also think that's, it's different as a time period. It's different in Boston. It's different in a context with a professional where he's purposely fucking with someone. So I, I agree that like. I think it's kind of unfortunate you didn't root for him, but I understand why. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that, like, I weirdly, like, I don't know that I would say I was rooting for him, but I did think that most of what he was doing was funny. <laughs> like, singing Skyrocket, or whatever that, Afternoon <laughs> Delight. Man, yeah. that that is one of the, f- I, w- I want to do that to someone someday. You know what I mean? I know that's fucked up. But, <laughs> but to, like, have them really think I'm having a breakthrough and then just start singing this sub- I think that was funny. So, but yeah, agree to disagree on that. <laughs> <laughs> um, we could we could talk about I don't know we're get, we're getting a little bit into just kind of like the 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 gender themes. So, what do you think? Uh, there's Great. one. There's. One. <laughs> <laughs> love, love those thoughts. <laughs> there's there's one female character in the whole damn thing. Uh, Unless you count her friend, her friend, or like <laughs> Sean's dead wife. I don't know. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> I don't know. She's kind of a character. <laughs> we should probably count her. <laughs> she plays a role. Yeah. 
Oh, I just felt, I felt that Minnie Driver deserved a better role. Hmm. She was, she did so well with what she was given and she was given so little. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's funny. She, did you know she got nominated for best supporting actor or actress, I guess is the category. I mean, I get that. She, she, she did great. a great job. She, she so supported yeah. him very well. <laughs> <laughs> Which brings me to my other point. Yeah, that yeah. was the only reason she was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, there's just going to be a lot of weird sounds coming out of me. <laughs> it's just exhausting to watch another movie about how a woman is helping a man that she loves reach his highest potential. Uh she deserves better than that. Mm-hmm. The one saving grace is that she left. She she left she and she yeah. she then he had to follow her. But like honestly, if if someone treated me the way Will treated her, if he just showed up <laughs> like, in California, I'd be like, get the fuck away from me. You're awful. Yeah. Yeah. Um some thoughts. Um <laughs> First of all, yes, I totally, I totally agree that there's a saving grace that she left. Um, and the fact that we don't know how she responds, we're supposed to, I think, maybe assume that she... Of course. Uh, they, welcomes they fall in love arms. and they're together yeah, forever. Of course. Um, but I think maybe something that... Uh, I, well, first of all, let me acknowledge that I am a man and you are a woman. And so there are some things here that I am just... I think I'm not... I, like, for listeners listening to this... I am not going to win this argument. (laughs) Um, And I think that's okay. That's okay. I'm going to say my thoughts anyway, and I think uh, just let them exist in the room. Um, I mean, it's great, Pat. The thing that I keep coming back to is how Sean talks in his sessions with Will about how he felt his best uh, no, it's it's in that in the park monologue when he's in the park and he's talking about like you'll never know what it smells like in the Sistine Chapel. He also talks about how you'll never you haven't felt like what it means to like love someone and to know that they're there and like challenging you and you're the like you'll never be better than when you are with them and that's exactly how I felt. Skyler matched with Will. Um, I don't. I don't think it's like this fairy tale romance, and I don't think it's perfect at all. In fact, I think he has, he's 20 years old mm-hmm. and like a genius informationally, but just socially has so much to work on. And she knows that. And I think I look at her and I say, yes, she, technically, as a writer, I have to say she is like a device character, but I think that's true of every character but Will. And I also think that um, the fact that she, has such like altruistic empathy and compassion to like spend time with him and know that he's problematic and still love him. And um, that she isn't just like the, I'm here to like, I'm here to boost you. That she's like, I I don't know. I, I see some of the things she says to him and how she treats him like a fucking person and is like, I just, I see like this intimacy with them and with how she talks to him as like an equal, but also like she knows she's way fucking smarter too. So so I just like, I, I see a lot of really great things in her, but I, I understand how you could poke holes and say she's a device. I just, I guess I feel like there's more there. 
I feel like she's the well. I've, I'm talking in loops. You get it. You get it. I get. I like I said. I think that. I think that she did that. Minnie Driver did amazing things with the character that she was right. given. Um, I just like the question that I keep coming back to is like, what does she get out of their relationship? Yeah. Like he gets genuine, like romantic love and real love for maybe the first time in his entire life. And he gets to be accepted and to be challenged. I don't know what she gets. Hmm. She kind of gets nothing. She gets uh, him almost hitting her yeah. in one scene because he doesn't want to say that he loves her. That doesn't seem fair to me. She, totally that's what I mean when I say she deserves more than she is given. In a lot of different ways. Yeah, I agree with that. I honestly agree with that. I think that some of the reason that that rings true with me is because we're seeing Will uh, still growing. So all of his problematic self is coming forward, like to the forefront. And she's sort of causing him chemically to boil, like all the shit's coming to the surface. And so so I, I totally agree that like, she, she seems like this mature adult who's ready for a relationship. Even, I don't know how, doesn't really talk about how much like relationship experience she has. That's not really important to me. What's important is that like she seems like a person who's ready to, for commitment and like a partner in life. And he doesn't seem like that. And it seems like the movie is Will getting to a place where he is ready. So I feel like for most of the movie when I'm seeing her not get anything in return... It's all so that he can fucking learn his lesson, wake up, and, like, figure out that she's more important than a fucking math job at McNeil. Yeah, that's all I'll say. I feel like that's a good button. <laughs> on, on that, yeah. <laughs> and that's the part where I lose. <laughs> just a sound, too. Yeah, right? I, just, I didn't even... I, I mean, it's just, it's just that yeah. whole thing is, is saying that, like, her whole goal is to get a man. Hmm. Like that's Fair. her big reward is like, oh, look, oh, she shit. challenged him <laughs> and she's so great. And she yeah. gets this like uh, emotionally stunted man who they will then spend the rest of their lives together working through his shit. Okay. Let's propose this ending. <laughs> he gets to California. She's fine. And she's like, nah, and then he does whatever. What if that happens? It would be my favorite movie. Let's say that that happens. Maybe now? I think I just got Maureen over on my side. <laughs> Is it a surprise though? Let's just say that happens. It's like two first time screenwriters who are pretty young dudes mm -hmm. who are from Boston, mm -hmm. like in the 90s, or they yeah. grew up in the 80s. Yeah. And like it, I mean, it seems par for the course. Like it, yeah, it, I, yeah. it's not an excuse at all, but it makes a lot of sense is what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Which is why men should stop writing movies forever, which I think I said on Almost Famous. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> there's, there's a theme to this podcast. <laughs> men are trash. <laughs> um, agreed. Uh, and so... <laughs> the, uh, the only other kind of note that I have on my side, and maybe, maybe you have more too, but um, I was just talking about like the direction of the movie, which we, kind of, we can jump off like the, the characters from there. And, you know, yeah. I don't have much to say about the direction because I don't know that much about direction. But the only thing that I that jumped out to me was like, like I said, that they it it seemed like there were some precious moments, overly precious moments. There were two scenes, one with Sean, one with Will, where they were literally just like sitting in chairs and staring at the wall for like 30, 15, 30 seconds. I don't think we needed it. Um, 
didn't didn't feel like it added much. Uh, the other scene that really jumped out at me was when they're for some reason at Chucky's mom's house and Morgan's characters upstairs watching porn. Yeah, yeah. And then he comes down and they're like giving him shit. What? Why was that in there at all? Was that just like a the whole scene? Yeah. Was that just oh. like a look at them hanging out? Yeah, I didn't care for it. I don't have. It. I honestly don't have an answer. Okay. I think uh, it's more. I think it was more of like I can't remember. That was in the middle of the movie, right? Or was that middle the to end? the end? Yeah. Okay, because I I know that there was also a point of time where like Will was withdrawing from Sean and Lambo, and we had to see for what. And I wonder if that was part of the movie. I can't remember if if it was before or after like his meltdown. Um, but I I did I, as far as the directing goes. The, the part that I thought, first of all, I didn't care for some of it, uh, particularly like the very beginning when they're doing the weird kaleidoscope effect, <laughs> didn't care for that. Um, but I think the thing that the director did really well was cast actors that are fucking talented with this specific kind of language, put them in a shot and just let them go. I think that's the kind like he I the director was Gus Van Sant and I yeah. had to double check on my phone, um, and there's another movie that he did called Elephant. Have you seen? I haven't seen Elephant. It's really good. In the opening. Yeah, yeah. it's um, fucking terrifying and amazing. Um, and you should you go watch Elephant. Yeah, Quasi, um, go watch Elephant. Yeah, go, go watch Quasi. I know how you Kwesi. loved Dumbo. So yeah, just kidding, Quasi. <laughs> Um, no, Elephant is this... Uh, we don't need to talk about Elephant right now. <laughs> the thing that he really excelled at was getting out of the way. Um, because, and here's my zinger, let's talk about Robin Williams. <laughs> can, we, can any of us say that Robin Williams didn't deserve an Oscar for this? That's the one part of this movie that I cannot argue. Yeah. Although, although so as I did say, he did have a couple pro- problematic true, lines. His, true. His Which probably there. might have been ad-libbed by Robin. Yeah, Williams. he yes. might have. He yeah. might have yeah. honestly done yeah. that. Yeah, they yeah. sounded like they were yeah. Yeah. acting. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But he I also just... ad-libbed like the some of the weirder parts as well in the therapy, mm-hmm. like the farting. Okay. Thing. Yeah, that was farting like, that was all him. Monologue. Yeah, right? that was totally him, and yeah. that's why Matt Damon was just genuinely laughing <laughs> during this. Yeah, um, God, I just I see this as like a pinnacle of Robin Williams, um, uh, particularly his ability to just like on a dime go from comedy to mm-hmm. just heartbreak. Uh, th- you know what? It speaks for itself. I'll let it go. <laughs> Just bask in the glory. Yeah, I'm just like, I'm just, for a I moment. can just sit in that. Yeah. We're all sitting on a park bench right now recording this. Talking in Boston. Yeah. Talking in Boston yeah. and just looking away from each other. Apparently, also that bench, um, after Robin Williams died a couple years ago, became sort of an impromptu yeah. memorial. People would come and drop off flowers wow. in that park. That's very touching. Hmm. Yeah. I believe it. Um, any thoughts on Robin Williams? Love him. Oh, okay. Um, I can't. I can't bring that to say a bad thing about him. Um, He's got anyways. too much hair on his arms. <laughs> he had a lot of hair on his face in this movie too. True. Um, okay. Um, we're we're at a time where we could unmask. So um, let's. Uh, Chris, how do you really feel? Um, I actually really liked this movie. Yeah. I think everything I said today while I was bending uh, the truth uh, <laughs> was mostly real. Um, 
I have to acknowledge a lot of the things. Like, watching these movies again makes you really take a critical eye. Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing I'm seeing a lot of weird... Like, it did actually... The person who fucking infuriates me in this movie is Lambo. Yeah. That dude... Fuck that guy. Fuck <laughs> that guy. Um, and he's supposed to be that character, right? But, like... He's just that pure ambition. Mm-hmm. Like, well, and just like, like those, don't you want to there's have... moments where he's like talking to flirting the, like, with yeah, the flirting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Really where gross. she comes up and she's just like, where he's like, unless you want to come get a drink yeah. with me. And I'm like, hey, girl. Uh, yeah. Really yeah, that was horrible. Um, but yeah, in general, I still, and, it, and I think it probably is like the white guy in me growing up at a time that I did. It's just like it, it's like watching Garden State. I know some parts of it are really awful. Well, with Garden State, it's like the whole movie, but like I know parts of it are problematic, and it still just hits me right in the fucking heart. Um, like when I, yeah, it's still, and it, the choice that Will makes at the end is one that I've had to learn a really hard life lesson personally uh, to to learn. So um, yeah, it still vibes with me pretty hard. Maureen. Uh, I used to like this movie very, very much, mm-hmm. um, and I like it less every time I watch it, but I still recognize that it's, it's a very well done film. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I did tear up the second Robin Williams was on the screen. Yeah. And like pretty much every time he was in the movie, I was like, Ugh. um, it's, I mean, it's great. It's, it's, it's white men, the movie, but yeah. it's, it's a, it's a good white man movie <laughs> I guess <laughs> chalk one in the W column yeah. <laughs> oh man um, Kevin um, so this growing up this used to be one of my favorite movies I think I really think I mean it is we were talking earlier it is like 21 years old mm-hmm. so it, it's fairly old but I don't think a lot of aspects of this have aged very well uh, one like some of the aesthetic just it's so aggressively 90s <laughs> like and it's 97 it's like should be the tail end of that but like you could convince me it came out the same year as Dead Poets Society like <laughs> oh, even yeah. though that was like 89 but um, and and then and then some of the, the themes and the way they dealt with stuff that we're all discussing in the podcast I think kind of is a little cringy like when, when you watch it now um, I do think that there are some moments in this film that, 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 that they hit I do like I really like the park bench scene um, and they're all Robin Williams moments, if I'm being honest. Uh, and I think, and for me, this is the pinnacle of most of these people's careers, for me. Uh, I don't think Matt Damon's ever been, I mean, not acting-wise, but just in a, in a better movie that I can think of. That's arguable, but uh, Ben Affleck. Yeah. Um, Robin Williams got some great movies, but uh, I do think it's a little self-indulgent and... And there's a lot of Hollywood Oscar moments, yeah. and, it, and it paid off. Um, but totally. I, I do, I do think, like Garden State, I do think it came out at the perfect time for what it was. Um, and because of that, I think now it's lost a little bit of its like shine, but still has some stuff to hang on to. Hmm. I uh, you love this, right? Robert? I like to like. I like. I used to like this movie, um, or at least I had a respectful opinion of it after I watched it last week. I think I hate it. You texted me, this movie's so fucking dumb. (laughs) 
Did you really say that? That's what you texted me. And I was like, whoa. I forget what I said before that, but that was like, and then you didn't text me back. (laughs) (laughs) You got really (laughs) self-conscious. I was just like, no, we were riffing on on mini drivers, like, jokes, jokes, jokes like the whole time. And I'm like, why is this in this movie? And we're going, and you're just like, this movie's fucking done. And I was like, yeah, I should have liked the the text. I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, I like... I don't know what it was. It's like a three-minute-long intro song with brown sepia tone <laughs> yeah, photos. Yeah, that was fucking dumb. Um, and then, so like, I came in and I was like, okay, I can, I can, I can get over that. But then, like, I just like started thinking more about the premise. It's just like, can you believe that yeah. a janitor could be smart? And <laughs> of course he had like oh of course he has emotional problems. Like he grew up in like who doesn't that is grows up in like an economically disadvantaged area. Yeah. It was just like so the movie just to me was so like condescending. <laughs> like I just like I like Robin Williams, but I think that's like it. Yeah. About I like there's like the I'm glad that something good was in the movie and it was him <laughs> and like uh, yeah <laughs> that's what i'm trying that was to the more <laughs> impression yeah but like it's just like and it's so goddamn long yeah and then and then there's like and then fucking casey affleck i had to sit through him in this too and, yeah. and harvey weinstein produced it and so like it's just like god let's leave it in the 90s people <laughs> that is okay that's those are all <laughs> that's all real um but um, oh fuck <laughs> um but yeah that's that's how i feel like yeah of course i love all the parts of robin williams but <laughs> why why is it that we all 100 percent agree on because he's so good. Is it his performance? He's so he props like, up the pure. Movie. Yeah. It's his performance and also just like what we know of him as a person. I True. Think. And there wasn't yeah. too much of him in it. Yes. There's just enough yeah. of him in the movie. Like he doesn't even come in until like 30 minutes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he doesn't overstay his welcome. Like fucking Casey Affleck masturbating upstairs. <laughs> yeah. He's like <laughs> likable too. Like yeah. Will's an asshole, Lambo. Yeah. Like they're not a lot of yeah. you know, I mean, mini drivers. The guy, is it Billy? The guy, the redhead guy? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, He's likable. <laughs> <laughs> He's apparently his granddad was one of the Warner Brothers. I didn't know that, um, but I okay. looked that up later. Um, nepotism. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> um, but uh, but yeah, um, that's that's where I'm sitting. So um, let's uh, let's wrap it up. If uh, you have thoughts about Goodwill Hunting, uh, you might. Uh, you can email us at 24flamespod at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media at 24flamespod. And uh, wherever you get your podcast, subscribe, rate, and review uh, the show. Subscribe, subscribe to, rate, and review the show. And it uh, helps more people find the show, helps us make it better. So uh, please, um, please do that. And we're going to stick around and record um, our post-show extended play that will be available on our Patreon uh, at the same time the episode's available. And if you want access to that, head over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash 24flamespod um, and check it out. There's a bunch of uh, there's a bunch of fun stuff over there. 
um, that you can get for not that much money. And yeah, we'd love to have that support so that we can, um, you know, keep doing all that extra fun stuff. Um, we're glad that we can do it with the people we already have, but uh, more is better. So yeah, um, other than that, uh, I think that's all I say. Go check out the Nifty Podcast um, if you're interested in that. And um, other than that, uh, thank you all for being here. Thank you for listening. Bye! Fish media. Yeah.